Witches, we're talking about so many books today with Anne, also known as Andrea Ray Reads on TikTok. She has such a wealth of knowledge about incredible books across multiple genres, and she's writing a vampire romance that sounds scrumptious. We talk about what Lizzie Bennet was really doing on those long walks, which monsters we most love, and so much more. Hi, Meg. Hi, Liz. So we have a guest today who I'm so excited to talk to because I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. Um, One of my favorites. (laughs) I just want to embarrass you a little bit because I'm such a fan of your content and I am so excited to talk to you. We have Anne from TikTok. Anne, uh, do you want to give us your handle so people who don't follow you already can correct that? (laughs) yes yes so you can follow me at andrea ray reads on both uh tiktok and instagram they're both the same handle across both ways awesome so you are a book talker and Mm -hmm. you're also a writer (laughs) so i wanted to ask you how you got into creating bookish content yeah, that's a that's a good question because like it all started I think for at least for a lot of people that I know on Book Talk like it started in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um I had really nothing to do. Um I mean I had things to do but I needed a distraction sort of from like the you know <laughs> the existential terror of like what was going on. Um and I my friends had been sending me all of these you know, all of the videos from TikTok. And I was just like, okay, this is kind of funny. Like, I wonder if there's anything here. I really didn't think I was going to download it to make content. I just thought I was going to be like a, you know, a lurker and like commenting and stuff like that. Um, And then I just started making really just stupid little literature memes. And for whatever reason, like it really connected with people. I guess there were like a lot Mm -hmm. more people were angry English lit grad students on book talk than I thought that there would be and it just kind of went from there yeah I just downloaded TikTok to you look at your, to look really? at your content I've been trying to get Meg on for TikTok so for so long you have no idea what Meg. an achievement this is if I had oh. known that you had an Instagram that was the same thing I probably would have just done because I fought it off for so long but I've now given in and I did stare at the rectangle for like 40 minutes before getting yes the rectangle it's like it just sucks you in Mm -hmm. the first like couple of weeks on TikTok that's all I did like it was really shocking I was just I couldn't look away why would you everywhere else to look was terrible everywhere else to look was horrible the only thing to look at was work so I was like yeah I'd much rather look at this so you talked about how you were doing literature memes Mm -hmm. how different is engaging with books the way that you do now from what you thought Mm -hmm. you would be doing when you were in grad school yeah um I this is kind of a hard question to answer because like I really did think I was gonna go on and be like a professor mm-hmm. um and for a variety of reasons like that just didn't really pan out I didn't think that there was a chance for me to actually like make a living um being a college professor um and I also just like I don't know it felt really strange to me to because I'm I think that like reading diversely and like being taught diverse works is really important but it just felt a little bit weird to come from me like it just Mm -hmm. felt like that should be taught from people who are actually like living those experiences Mm -hmm. and have connections um to both like theory and that I just didn't um and so it never really panned out and I'm totally okay with that um and yeah it was like the literature memes were fun to do because I I wanted to kind of connect with grad students in a way um and I just, I don't really do literature memes as much as I used to, um, because I don't really quite need the outlet um, mm-hmm. uh, of frustration that I had back then. It's interesting that a barrier for you into entering, like being a, a faculty mm-hmm. member in academia was like not wanting to 
teach about content that wasn't your lived experience when like mm -hmm. I I I also work in academia yeah and there are so many tenured faculty members who do not have those qualms and it is kind <laughs> of shocking yeah like I had so many and I think this was I won't necessarily name drop my school that I went to um <laughs> but <fine>. like <laughs> So many of my professors were just like really old and white and had no yeah. like qualms, as you said, like with teaching um, the literature also from a very like weird distance, um, as I'm sure you both have experienced in school, like it's just the the close reading of passages and it's not actually like engaging with the work in any sort of meaningful way. Mm. And, you know, I do think that part of me was lazy too like I I didn't want to fight against that in academia so I did it's kind an of uphill step battle out of it. Yeah. yeah 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 and not everyone there is a sense of obligation kind of mm -hmm. when you're someone who's trying to like make a change in a big or when you disagree with a big institution like that mm -hmm. but like not everyone has to be that like token pioneer right. you know what I mean <laughs> yes no totally That's totally totally a big ask um but I totally get where you're coming from yeah yeah as someone who makes book content you're able to highlight diverse authors and stories without becoming mm -hmm. the authority on them yeah yeah exactly and I think that that like authority figure too is really important um because I would never want to be like an authority figure on diverse works because I'm very clearly <laughs> not that <laughs> If you haven't picked up on this yet, listener, mm -hmm. Anne is white. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they could see like how freak it's like ghostly <laughs> over here. <laughs> so how how did your sort of rise to TikTok fame look? Ooh, um, honestly, okay, so I was doing the literature memes and then I wanted to do something kind of with teaching. Um, so that was when I started up the Literature 101 um, series where I wanted to just kind of make literature a little bit less um, overwhelming and scary. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes um, the way that people talk about books, um, especially like the, you know, the classics and the canon, um, it's this very kind of privileged, like snooty, you know, oh, you haven't read Dostoevsky or whatever you know and um and I didn't want to bring that to um to a social media space I just don't yeah. think that that's very helpful I um, have not read Dostoevsky honestly neither have I so <laughs> like, um I don't I don't have time for that it looks like there's just too many names and it seems too <laughs> sad so I don't I don't need to um but yeah so that kind of helped uh, gain some followers. And then from there, it's been kind of like pockets of growth where I, I don't really understand, um, what people like. Um, I got a lot of followers from when I was talking about horror books. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I got a lot of followers when I started reading more romance books. Um, so it seems to like fluctuate with my own, what I'm personally reading as yeah, with your interests. People, mm -hmm. Yeah. People gravitate toward it. So, yeah. And that's interesting that it's fluctuated and that you've talked about different things because people tend to tell you to niche down so much yes, on TikTok really... to the point that like you could specifically be the hockey romance girl. On <laughs> yes, TikTok. like, yeah, you totally could. And like, I guess for some people, I think that that's like they they thrive in that space, but I just, that's not me. I like to have various interests. Um, I mean, I had my whole like watching Hannibal <laughs> series. <laughs> um that I need to start up again too but so yeah I think people just like to I don't know maybe they like to connect with me and that feels very weird to say um but also very cool I think that's really cool yeah because then you're not you're not being a character or like a marketing thing you're just being yourself and when people yeah. connect with your interests they connect with your interests and that's all yeah no totally like Liz I don't know if you've experienced this on TikTok but like how it just feels like you know you have to brand down like all the time mm -hmm. and I've definitely had like I'll watch old videos that I've done and I'm like oh that felt mm -hmm. super like unauthentic or like I just wasn't myself that day and yeah. you can really feel it when you watch those things back Absolutely. I have a much smaller following on TikTok than you do, which is 
fine because I'm very I, I've come to be okay with it because I'm very soft skin yeah. about internet strangers yeah um, they can and, be awful yeah so but I had when I finally did niche down it was mm-hmm. talking a lot about MCU content which I'm now okay. boycotting yeah so yeah yeah <laughs> I've had to like completely redirect to yeah just talking about books, which I do here, is what basically I've been doing. Books in Stardew Valley is kind of the content I've been making lately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. Stardew Perfect. Valley. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think this is in the list of questions that Liz had sent you, but it is mm-hmm. related to the the name of the Zoom meeting, which is Roasting the Canon. Yes. So you were talking about doing some some videos about that. And I'm in a couple of book clubs Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, like some of the members will be like, oh, I feel like we just read like smut all the time. We should mm-hmm. read, you know, like the great works. And I have lots right. of feelings about the canon anyway. But whenever one is picked and we read it, mm-hmm. it's always so much less fun. <laughs> <for me. laughs> and I feel like you can sum it up with like, this is the plot. If you are a slut, you will fall from grace and die. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it always is. Like I remember when I didn't finish Anna Karenina because I found out what happens, and I was like, (laughs) "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, it's so like yeah. Almost every like old book, like if there's some sort of interesting woman, it's like, oh yeah, she's gonna fall in front of a train, like (laughs) (laughs) guaranteed. Um, and yeah, they're just they're so like there are a couple of old books that I'm like all right like I do still vibe with Pride and Prejudice I Mm -hmm. can read that book over and over again um but yeah like um I think I've read The Great Gatsby like 20 times just throughout like you know high school and college and grad school and I still like every single time I just forget the plot like it's just it doesn't hold my interest in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. and I think that's just a lot of those books like they're not concerned with anything we're concerned about nowadays so it's really hard to like connect with them on that kind of level I just watched one of your videos about the great Gatsby (laughs) where (laughs) Gatsby is like mispronouncing Yes. And I that is like fun to do those videos though because like I like to imagine those characters like in today's world and just kind of how like baffled they would be mm-hmm. um by everything. So yeah, those are just they're like stupid, but they're so fun to do. <laughs> you mentioned Pride and Prejudice. Can you mm-hmm. talk about the walking? in yeah. I remember you making a bunch of videos about that what I yes okay so like there's this um there's this big thing or at least like the way that I read Jane Austen like I read her as being like in- inserting a lot of really sexual things um and so one of the examples like one of the best examples just to like kind of frame where we're going with the walking mm-hmm. um is in like I want to say it's in the beginning when Darcy and Caroline are having that conversation about how he writes such great letters mm-hmm. um you know and Caroline just like can't help herself she's like falling all over him and he's very annoyed and um and she makes the comment that like you know uh you have such good like penmanship you have like such a great like you work so well with your pen or something like that um and you know I'm sure that we can do the whole Freudian analysis and be like okay the pen's probably not a pen um and uh and he says to her he's like oh I always mend my own and a lot of people have read it as like oh that's kind of a you know masturbatory like yeah uh, you know um and so the walking um I always think of it as like displaced um energy so Mm -hmm. like part of Lizzie's whole thing is that she's always out and about walking it's a huge deal um and it's not really considered something that's like proper for a woman to do um and the way that I read it is that like Lizzie's always out kind of walking about um when she has these like kind of huge moments with her and Darcy Mm -hmm. um and 
you know, obviously Jane Austen is not going to be writing, you know, they went on a walk and then they ducked off behind the bushes and, you know, got it on for <laughs> a couple minutes and then rejoined the party. Um, but to me, it just seems like there is, there's a movement that wishes to be done. And the mm-hmm. only way that we can talk about that movement is to distill it in a, in an exercise that is actually mm-hmm. palatable for readers. Something to think about during your next yeah. Austin reread. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want like one of these days, I'm just going to do like a little uh, scavenger hunt um, mm-hmm. of like sexual things in Jane Austen and have people go through them. Like, that'd be so fun. <laughs> Are you on Fable? I Okay, so I am, mm-hmm. but I'm not because I never yeah. use it. I'm so bad at it. The reason I mention it is because we're experimenting with Fable right now for the podcast. Oh, okay. And you could do a whole thing where you like annotate along with the readers Jane oh, that, Austen that be... and you can share those annotations okay that would be fun I did do um I did read Pride and Prejudice at the very first uh fable that I did um but Mansfield Park is where there's just all kinds of sexy goodies like we keep hearing people talk about Mansfield Park who come on the podcast so we're gonna have I've it never has read come it, up. it yeah. has come up lately. yes it's like it's not I mean there's there's a lot going on in that book it's arguably like one of her most boring um but there's just like so much that happens when you actually like break it down so I do recommend it I really think you guys should read it it's going on the list so um yes are you a monster fucker yes yeah Yeah, obviously (laughs) that ties into what you're working on right Sort of, yes yes it does and that was the best segue <laughs> so um <laughs> do you fuck monsters yeah do you fuck yes monsters? i do oh my god yeah. uh, this is a small sidebar but like sometimes i forget that not everyone i hang out with is like well versed in mm-hmm. romance lingo and that kind of yeah thing. and i said the phrase monster fucking someone and <laughs> It was like they had like a coronary. Like they had no it's like happened. why? It's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I'm like yeah. It sounds like what it is. So. Yeah, it, it is what it is. But yes, I'm absolutely a monster fucker, and yeah, I am writing about a vampire. So oh, hell yeah, <laughs> that's my shit. It's extremely yeah. millennial of yes. me, but I fucking love vampire shit. I love vampires. Like I just. There's something about like the obsession and the possession that vampires have that I'm just like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. eat it up every single yeah. time. So, yeah. So what can you tell us about the book you're working on? Okay, so um, it is set in 1870s, 1880s London. Mm-hmm. Um, our, the main character, um, she's a medium. Um, and she has, um, been disowned for, by her family. Um, she's kind of working with a group of con artists, um, Mm -hmm. who are basically, uh, they realize that the ton is kind of an easy mark and they go after them. Um, and she is attending a, you know, a seance, um, and one of her old acquaintances from her childhood, crashes the seance um and tells her that he needs her help um in order to solve his sister's murder and then they they go from there so that is and he's the vampire she's the medium he's the vampire oh I love it yes and he's like a little loser kind of (laughs) like he's obsessed with her he thinks she's just the coolest person and she's like I couldn't be bothered you're so irritating <laughs> so yeah it's, I love it's a dynamic. lot of fun to write yeah I'm wondering um well how soon I can read it mm-hmm. <laughs> for one yes um and I'm also wondering if you have read a, a recent book called the spirit bears its teeth by A.J. White no but that sounds super familiar it would be extremely your shit it would okay yeah. okay the spirit bears its teeth i'm gonna write it's, that down um, it's uh, and gosh and he he just 
graduated with his MA or MFA maybe. And so this is his second book out. Um, But it's set in London in 1883 with a society of mediums, Uh but it's very um, sort of like a alternate universe, magical realism sort of thing. So I think it'll be your shit. Yeah, no, that sounds like I'd really like it. Yeah, because like my, um, the the London that they live in, like, obviously there's like magic and monsters. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of in the same realm for sure. That's the one that's trans for trans, right? Yes. His trans for okay. trans book. Yeah. Cool. I really need to read him. You do. It's all, it's all good. He also wrote, um, which was the other one I can see the cover Hell of. It. Hell, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. These have been on my list for a while. Mm-hmm it's really good meg has read both of them i haven't yet but so on the subject of books that we haven't read yet and books that (laughs) just how many there are so people love to gawk at the number of books that people Mm -hmm. read in a year and you read a lot of books so as someone who's a prolific reader how do you think about reading goals um yeah i mean I definitely, I don't care how many goals or books people read in a mm-hmm. year. Um, I think the reading is such a like personal thing mm-hmm. that, you know, if you want to read 400 books in a year, um, if you are capable of, can do, go for it. If you want to read four, chill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I definitely don't um, think about reading goals in terms of like number um, I know that for me, just of like what I'm capable of, I, I read pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So um, I can probably read like, you know, 10 books in a month uh, and and be okay with it. Uh, but um, the thing that has been working for me now um, is I will read a fiction book and then I'll read a nonfiction book. Um, and that like flip-flop has really helped me from falling into a reading slump. Um, mm-hmm. And it also just makes me feel... Uh, I don't know. I feel like last year I didn't have, I wasn't reading very interesting books um, or I definitely wasn't reading books that like challenged me um, that much. And this year I wanted to change that up. And I'm already like, I've found books that like are some of my favorites of the year, like already. So I'm really happy with the way I've approached it this year. What are some of the highlights already? Um, The highlights have been, so I'm not done with it yet, but um, still life with bones um by Alexa Hagerty or Hagerty um it's about the Guatemalan and Argentine genocides um and their like forensic research um and it's just like it's heartbreaking to read but it's also just like so well done um and yeah I can't recommend it enough like every single page I have something that I've like annotated or highlighted so it's super good I like that I've kind of fallen into that flip-flopping between fiction and nonfiction pattern yeah. as well. Um, because otherwise I, if I tried to do too much nonfiction in a row without like a special little treat for myself, sometimes <laughs> I get too sad. Yes. So- <laughs> no, that's so, that's so real Meg, because it's just like, oh my God, if I like sit in just like how awful the world is like mm-hmm. I won't be able to go on um and it's nice to have a little reward of like an alien romance or something yeah. after mm-hmm. it yeah it's like my iced coffee <laughs> of reading, yes. you know what I mean <laughs> it is it is okay so you you guys are both monster fuckers right we're yes we're all monster fuckers here okay cool. you're among friends <laughs> yeah yes okay good um have you Okay, what is your like preferred monster? I literally just today finished a Mothman. <laughs> oh, I love a Mothman. Yeah. Oh. It's the we're reading and recapping um I'm engaged to Mothman, which is the sequel to I'm in love with Mothman by Paige Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. I'll have to read that too. <laughs> it's very it's about a burnt out influencer who yeah. she's like a beauty influencer beauty yeah, and like a fashion blogger yeah and she's like I am really sick of this and she just decides in the middle of the night that she's going to do some online shopping but instead of you know buying a purse uh-huh. or like a gadget 
she buys a cabin in the woods <laughs> as you do <laughs> yeah and she's like I'm just gonna go and do like a little like cottage core moment and read Pride and Prejudice in a tree and like impractical clothes and shoes and then she meets Mothman mm-hmm. oh yes <laughs> I already know scenario <laughs> it really is like if you're getting a cabin in the woods like you would hope to get like a hot Mothman and not whatever else is out there mm-hmm. so yes. my preferred preferred monster I feel like I've read so many so much more alien than monster mm-hmm. romance because yeah, I same. you know had so I read like so much Ruby Dixon um yeah, fair but um I read Titan which is a gargoyle and that was hot I've read um, that too is that the like the daddy dom yes. gargoyle mm-hmm. yes 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 <laughs> and then we read one of hers that I think was a vampire I think it was called Blood Moon or something. I I saw the cover today, but I'm forgetting what it is. And I... Haven't you read some orc stuff too? (sighs) Did I read orc stuff? Um, Yes. So um, C.M. Nascosta's Parties was orcs. Okay. I don't think I've read the parties. Is it a Mm -hmm. series or... So party... I think it is a series. And I think that it is within the same universe as like of the morning glory milking farm which i have not read um (laughs) okay uh i do think think you'd like it it's really good (laughs) i'm sure i've heard that it's like so sweet so like i just haven't gotten around to it because i've i've seen it recap so many times that i already that i feel like i've read it right um parties is like a bunch of elves go on vacation to basically like a sex resort okay oh wait no 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 I think I have read this yes 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 and one Um, of them wants to get spit roasted and that's like her whole goal (laughs) yes okay (laughs) I needed the like trigger of spit roast so it's like oh yeah (laughs) oh my gosh yeah my gateway into monster fucking was the book we read by RM Virtues, mm-hmm. Sing Me to Sleep. Weren't you is... going to read that one, Anne? I feel like I saw you talk about I that. Have, one. Yeah, I have read that one. Mm-hmm. I read it, um, I think, two years ago. It was one of the first like entries into mm-hmm. monster romance. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> what's yeah. this about? <laughs> Little does he know, he created a gateway drug for us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like see, sleep, sleep paralysis, paralysis demon. demon? Mm-hmm. Hello, Antlers? Right, like, tail? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> things that can change shape and size fully customizable <laughs> oh my god oh my god so good <laughs> okay this is like a modified version of one of your questions liz mm-hmm. you said um you prompted what could you make an hour-long presentation about so i'm gonna say if you were invited to a powerpoint party I don't know. Is that mm-hmm. still a thing? Because like I'm, it should I like be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> what would you want to give your presentation on? Okay, well, I could obviously talk about Jane Austen and sexual references mm-hmm. for a really long time. Um, God, I think that might. I feel like that's so boring to say, but like I think that no. that would be. I think that'd be mine. It would be a breakdown of all the the sexy things in Jane Austen. <laughs> I would. Uh, attend that presentation likewise yes. yeah. yeah you'd have not okay. mm-hmm. good <laughs> liz what would you do yours on um a bookish thing specifically um right now because i am supposed to be revising my second book i saw someone post about how when they're deep in a writing they have to read outside of their genre so they're not accidentally mm-hmm. being influenced by the voice so they've been reading a lot of I think this was Jack yeah it was Jack Edwards on YouTube who was talking about this and ironically he was reading the same translation of Sappho's fragments that is currently sitting on my desk so it was like a uh-huh. weird simulation is simulating moment um <laughs> but I could not unprompted give a presentation about poetry but like I want to be able to give a presentation about poetry so that's like my bookish interest right now unprompted I could like right away 
talk about the whole like family tree of ice planet barbarians i was definitely gonna say like with your ruby dixon like Mm -hmm. knowledge you would probably be able to just have the most in-depth like this is the universe that you Mm -hmm. are about to inhabit yeah and i have to catch up because she's released like another spinoff series oh really (laughs) i don't even think i finished the first ice planet barbarian i think i got to like book six i can't remember there's like 20 in the first series or something like yeah. that and then there's ice book home. 11 and then i couldn't hang anymore there's ice home <laughs> and the series that she just started recently is um i think ice planet clones is what it's called wow because hmm. she's got to keep like bringing in new people yeah mm-hmm. like are they just yeah clones of the people of we've the, already met people. <laughs> i maybe i don't know <laughs> i hope that she's doing something a little bit more innovative than that. just like the same plot over and over again <laughs> um, and i know that she's also like done like prison planet with like sock aliens and that's sort of thing mm-hmm. okay yeah prison she planet she has a one prison planet book, but it's like with the same alien species. Okay. Did you say something about a sock puppet? No, sock as in like the <laughs> oh, the, 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 the type of, of alien. aliens. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like the sock we are too. the ones who are on not hot and the sock are the modern day ones who don't have the qui parasite. Okay. Okay. So okay, see, okay, okay. Right there. I can I can do this PowerPoint. <laughs> Yes, you could. Like, you cleared up a question I had like that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, I, I'm a little horrified by the concept of a prison planet. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we're anti-prison. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, and we're turning into a prison planet. But yeah. um, mm-hmm. speaking of, that's the nonfiction book I'm reading right now um, by Angela Davis, Our Prison's Obsolete. I'm about oh, I halfway through it. Um, I feel borderline too too dumb for this book. She's just like so brilliant and so chock full of knowledge and research and history mm-hmm. that like I'm like I need to be reading a bunch of books before I even get to this. That's how I feel. But yeah, um, I really like listening to Angela Davis. I feel like mm-hmm. um, I'm doing an audiobook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I've listened to some of her lectures that are on Spotify and I think that a couple of them cover um, the book. So that might Mm. be a helpful tool because she just speaks like so well and so engaging and Mm -hmm. it made it really easy to like interact with what she was talking about because she just talks about it in such a cool way. I'll have to look that up. I have Freedom is a Constant Struggle and I've also been listening to it, Mm -hmm. Um, but I had to get the paperback. And again, like I'm not far into it at all because I have like 10 different books on Palestine that I've like started and then like I read something else and have to go out and buy that um but I bought this one because it's basically like a book of her interviews and I needed like the visual reference of who was talking when because Mm -hmm. she reads the audiobook so she's asking herself the questions in the audiobook and it's a little confusing that would be confusing yeah yeah so speaking of you've done a lot of content about reading from palestinian Mm -hmm. writers yeah would you mind to talk a little bit about that oh no not at all um i mean i when when october 7th happened um and i definitely don't want to frame it as like a um you know everything stemmed from October 7th because you mean like our administration like (laughs) yes like oh my god that interview um between Katie Couric and oh my god I was just like we've got to be kidding um yeah watching everybody break that down like is like vindicating to see because it's like obviously we know that they're lying to us and and it's just like but they're gonna stick with the same old lines Mm -hmm. over and over again um but yeah uh i everything that happened in gaza and israel's you know collective punishment of palestinians um that occurred you know right in the end of october and into november and it just felt i don't know like morally reprehensible to not talk about it 
mm-hmm. um, especially since I have um, a large platform and I wanted people to know where I stood and if I can be in any way a person that changes someone's mind and or someone like looks at the content and is like, oh, huh, maybe what I've been told about Palestine isn't true. Mm-hmm. Um, so But yeah, and I also, I hadn't, you know, I remember in 2021 when um, Israel attacked Gaza um, in, you know, much the same way that they did, they're doing now, but on a much smaller scale. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I knew that it was wrong and I knew that it was bad, but I didn't say anything at the time. Um, And I just don't, I've become a better influencer um for whatever reason and I just think that as my morals have developed I want people who follow me to know um where I stand on things Mm -hmm. I remember posting on my personal Instagram on October 7th Mm -hmm. or soon after yeah about how and I even talked to my therapist about this I was like I wish that everyone would just shut up but I specifically Mm -hmm. posted like it is always 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 um, an option to shut the fuck up. And mm-hmm. I regret that so much because at the time I was saying that in response to the fact that like I was yeah. seeing a bunch of people posting I stand with Israel and like not knowing what the hell they were talking about. Yeah. And not understanding the nuances outside of like this is an attack on Jewish people. Like not right. like understanding any other context to it. And I regret that so much because it I really felt like I don't know what I'm talking about to talk mm-hmm. about this, but I also know that these people know even less. Yeah. So everyone should just shut up. And since then, I have completely changed my mind about mm-hmm. like, no, like everyone, like you do not need to have like a degree in Middle Eastern studies to talk about this. It's actually really easy to understand. Yeah. And it's there's super lots easy. of books. Yeah. Like there's lots of books. There's so many websites. Like there's so many people who are, there's so many like Palestinian creators who are Mm -hmm. just doing the work and so much work to like, Mm -hmm. just show us that, Hey, this has been going on for a very long time. Um, and it shouldn't be going on anymore. Um, and yeah, I don't, I lost my train of thought. Um, but Oh no, <laughs> it's gone. It, making content about books, especially mm-hmm. like has so much more of an impact than I think people realize because I became more vocal and more educated on it because I saw Sim Kern as a Jewish mm-hmm. author talk about mm-hmm. it. And like then seeing a Jewish person talk about like, this is wrong and you should read a book by a Palestinian to learn why it's wrong. It gave me permission to be more open about my beliefs. Yeah, no, totally. I remember Sim Kern um, at the beginning too. And I like every single video that they did was so mm-hmm. well done um, and just so interesting. And they got a lot of hate um, right at the beginning. I've been fairly fortunate that people don't really, haven't really commented that like level of hate um, at any of my videos, but I know that it, I know that it's out there. Yeah. So on that subject do you have any books you'd recommend about palestine by palestinian authors or otherwise that have particularly moved you recently yes um so i've read quite a few um i will say that i just finished one um by kassan kanafini um and it's all that's left to you um it's a novella and like a collection of short stories and um kassan kanafini he was murdered in the 70s um by suspected by the IOF um we don't really 100% know Mm -hmm. um but he was a huge activist huge writer um and his work is just like I I don't know how to describe it um I haven't really you know read um too much Arabic fiction and um that's on me uh but his is just like God, the the way that he writes and uses symbols, like it's just so good. Um, and he personifies the land in a really, really just awesome way. Um, mm-hmm. and knowing how important land is to Palestinians, like it's just he's he's really, really good. Um, what was another one that I read? Um, 
the hundred years war on Palestine. That's a nonfiction, um, book. I, it is fairly dense. Um, but it does outline, um, the, the, his, like the history of Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it frames it in such a way that I think it's like, there's no way you can read that book and walk away and think, oh, like Israel deserves to be where it is like yeah. there's no there's no way to read it without you know condemning israel for what it's done and you know basically the settler colonial project that it is um so that one's really good oh my gosh i have to like do you guys mind if i look at my goodreads really no, fast? please <laughs> um i was like looking around because i knew that it was on my shelf i haven't started it and like i couldn't spot it oh it's so good because I hadn't looked at it yet to see like how it's divided. Yeah, he does it in like. Yeah. Okay. What? Because I read another one recently that I really liked too. Oh gosh, I have <laughs> so many. I'm just scrolling past like so many alien romances. <laughs> um, oh, Salt Houses um, by Hala Alian. Um, that's like a multi generational story. Um, and it's devastating but it's just so so good um and then this isn't a by a palestinian author but it is um the palestine laboratory uh which essentially talks about how the like surveillance tech uh has been developed in israel and how they outsource it to the world and Mm -hmm. that was a really horrifying but eye-opening read and I, I do think that anyone who's interested in like geopolitics or politics in any way would really like that book. Yeah. Does it talk about things like what we're seeing with Cop City? Maybe not directly Cop City, but like the things leading up to that? Oh, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. It talks about how, um, you know, how our military is trained by the IOF, how there's like programs set up. So, you know, we're kind of have like a symbiotic weird relationship with um the Iowa weapon cops um but it doesn't really get into um cop city and i think it might have it may just be because it was published before mm-hmm. it really became um such uh such a troubling thing yeah. um but yeah i i wish it did i wish it had um because i think that those connections are very obvious yeah Okay, so I'll make this one my last question because Meg, I okay. feel like I've talked too much and then like yeah. you can wrap up anything. But um, so not to make an abrupt subject change, but yeah. I did want to <laughs> ask you, um, do you have any favorite romances? Yes. Um, so I had to look up a couple um, because I haven't been reading a lot of romance um recently but the the sins of lord dashwood or of lord lockwood um the sins of lord lockwood by meredith duran um the it is just like the most it's a toxic book and i will like i will say that out the gate um but this man is so just obsessed with her if I am remembering correctly I think that they were married and then he got like abducted um and he is obviously very haunted and changed by that experience I Mm -hmm. think that he was on like a prison colony in Australia or something um along those lines and he comes back he's very scarred very jaded and um and he's just kind of a dick and i don't know why but it just i ate it up and he's so <laughs> angsty um and she's mean to him which i just love um, <laughs> so that's a really i love that one um also like i know that it it's so much more than a romance um but yona of the dawn uh i it's a manga and an anime um and it's it's more of like kind of a like court um like theatrics and mm-hmm. political engineering and stuff like that um but it's such a fun little romance too the side romance is so fun um and then i can't remember the name so i am really sorry that i just it's disappeared from me um but it is about two women one is a 
oh my gosh she's like an astronomer the lady's guide to celestial mechanics yes i love that book <laughs> I you, love, that you knew so it i don't know it. why but like right away when you said two women as if like there are lots of sapphic books but for some reason i'm like i know which one she's gonna say <laughs> yes i i love i love that book i love it's that book so, good. so much uh, yeah. So those are the ones that immediately come off the top of my head. And I did read an aliens romance, aliens, alien romance recently that I will have to pull up that I did really, really like to, um, oh, wed to the alien warlord. <laughs> I watched your video about that <laughs> Yes, by January bell. I don't know what the rest of the series is not very interesting. Um, it's kind of lackluster, but that first book, I don't know what it was. I ate it up there. It's so fun. This cover <laughs> is like criminal. It's yes. He's, why is he so thick? He's so thick. He's so thick. He's wearing like a really just like useless piece of armor. <laughs> his arm. It's giving Ganondorf. Yeah. <laughs> like, he also has like a gigantic sword that I mm-hmm. I'm almost certain isn't featured in the book. <laughs> so, <laughs> the sword is wrong. just for aesthetics. Yeah, just decorative. <laughs> in your video about this book, I think you were like, maybe, I hope I'm not mixing this up with another one when you were like mm-hmm. oh they you know yada 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 accidentally got married <laughs> yes <laughs> oh we have a virus so we don't have any women you know that old tale <laughs> yes yes there's always like there's always some virus on a planet and they don't have women <laughs> okay <laughs> it parts of oh. oh my god oh delightful <laughs> so and i eat it up every time there it's a group of female space travelers astronauts yeah. right yeah they're like the a, word they're was on... escaping me lady <laughs> scientists who fly up to space yes them um yeah they all they're on like a mission i don't remember it's a thing too is that i'm not really super paying attention to the plot um mm-hmm. in these books why I think, why would <laughs> what, like i think that earth needed something from the Mm. people that they were going to talk to and little did they know that they'd been like basically sold off Um, bamboozled yeah they were bamboozled as they often are (laughs) but i'm a respected scientist (laughs) (laughs) this can't happen to me (laughs) that sounds amazing yeah it's pretty fun it's pretty fun um, I only have one more question and it's not related at all. You're just going to get like mm-hmm. conversational whiplash. From I love it. <laughs> it's it's that- very much like scrolling on TikTok. <laughs> Good. This is something that Liz and I have been talking about lately. Um, the, the idea of like whether we should be possessing hard copies of the books that we read. Um, oh. I tend to check out okay. a lot of like ebooks from Libby Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. so I was just wondering do you tend to buy paper books or do you tend to do the e-reader route I tend to go um more so the e-reader route um unless I really know that I'm gonna like want a book in my possession Mm -hmm. um I tend to not buy it or I'll just go to the library um and then like if there's any I hate hardcovers I hate them um I Yeah. Like I am also, I'm the, like the spine bender. Um, if that's a criminal thing for you guys, I I'm okay with other people doing it. I try really hard not to, but I, that's just a me thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with like hardcovers, I can't, I can't snap them and I I I want to be able to to crack it. So it'll lay open. Yes, I'm cracking. I'm cracking its spine. Like I want that <laughs> sensation. And they're so heavy for my delicate, dainty girl hands. <laughs> yeah, my poor little sad hands <laughs> can't hold it. It's so heavy. <laughs> oh, the whole time we're talking about cracking the spine of the book, I'm just thinking the phrase "blowing its back." <laughs> <laughs> and that, that means I 
my brain is done working for the day <laughs> that was my last question <laughs> do you blow backs out of books <laughs> you blow the back out of your book <laughs> I do I do I make sure to do it every time <laughs> well and this has been absolutely delightful and this has been so fun I really hope that you will consider coming back when your book is done yeah, so that we yes. can talk about it and so that people can go buy it Yes, I would love to do that. And I know that you both were like, where can I read it? Um, I, I I have both of your emails now. Mm-hmm. Um, if either of you want to be like beta readers, I would be so, so, so honored. Um, I would honored. love nothing more. Okay, um, cool. I, I'm trying to write it. Um, I'm sure as you both know, writing is an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. And um, going to it after my regular job, Sometimes I'm like, no, it's like violent to take what's in my brain, this lovely, beautiful thing, and then put it on the page. And it's just disgusting. I understand completely. Yeah. The story is like never, the story always seems so good in your head. Yes. I saw someone say, it might've been Georgina Kirsten. I'm not sure if that was them who said this, but someone said like, why do I have to tell the story when I already know it? <laughs> yes, yes. Like I, I did. You guys used to write fic as well. Oh, yeah. I and did. Okay, my, my okay. <laughs> yes, okay. My youth was spent writing fic too, and so like I remember um, when I was writing fic, and like even then, like even if they were characters that weren't my own, like Mm -hmm. it just felt like, no, the story's so much better up here. Like, Mm -hmm. why can't it ever come out the way I want it to? And yeah, it's the same with your own characters too. Yeah. So I am certain that it's going to be fantastic and I can't wait to read it and have you back to talk about it. So where would you like people to keep up with you? Um, probably the best place is on TikTok. Um, I do. I did start a sub stack, but I'm a notorious project starter, not a project finisher. So it, if you want updates on the book, it's probably best to like follow me on TikTok because I, I am very bad at newsletters. We will have that link in the show notes. We will also have all of our links in the show notes. Thank you so much again, Anne. And thank you for listening. Until next time, air kisses.